0: I'm Amanda Day, and you're (laughs) listening to Season 2 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Kimberly and I are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. Full disclosure, though, Mm -mm. we're Southern. Got that right. You may hear y'all. It happens. Mm -hmm.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Season 2 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, and grant mock review. Visit their website www.dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more.
0: Now, today's topic is a delicate one for many of us, but it's important. You may have been raised to be nice and go along to get along. You know, sugar and spice and everything nice. That's right. My mom taught me if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm. But staying in that little box is not very helpful in the work world
1: especially when you have knowledge and experience that those who supervise you may not have. This is a very common experience in grant-seeking and fundraising, whether you're a jack-of-all-trades fundraiser at a small nonprofit, senior director of foundation relations for a large university, or the sole grant writer at a city or county agency. And this is all true, except Amanda I know you've never been in a situation where you've had to explain that what was going on to someone you reported to or even their boss, that what they were planning to do was not really how grant seeking worked. Not you, my friend. Sure. That never Mm -hmm. happens to me. She says sarcastically. It's true.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, everywhere I have ever worked, it's always been that weird situation where no one reports to me. I might report to like the big boss, you know, whether it's the city manager, executive mm-hmm. director, or whatever. But then there's all these other department director people that have really way more seniority than me. But none of them get to tell me what to do. But <laughs> they don't get to tell me what to do
1: either, right? So it's just kind of you this don't awkward... own me. Uh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Okay. So yes, um, it, it happens. It's going just the way the structure of how grant people seem to be set up. It just... It happens, okay? So... Probably one of the biggest educational moments, we'll we'll call it that, Mm. that came in my career had,
1: yes. I'm sorry, we should call that an educate up up moment. Oh, look at you. Mm, Look at me. We're
0: educating up. So, my biggest educate up moments came with a transportation related grant. So, we had money to build a road, um, got the money or the project rather done quicker than we expected. So, we saved some money, which is not a bad thing, right? And so, someone in our agency was like, hey, We've got extra money and we've got this other project transportation down the road. Can we use it? Now, as we all know, most funders, if you submit and say, hey, we've got extra
1: money, I want to use it this way, they can say yes. It happens. If you give them advance warning and you have a plan and you explain what was going on, they can and often do, but they don't have to exactly
0: so we did that we put together a plan a nice new budget we present everything to them and say hey this is what's going on this is how we think these projects are connected and they came back and said no yeah you wah, know. Wah. so of course in my mind i'm like okay moving it's, on it's moving on so i let everybody know this is not happening well fast forward a few months the next thing i know um, said project director is moving forward with that project and is charging it to my grant account. Welcome to... mm -mm, How did you handle that? Mm -hmm. Um, So luckily, the way my organization I worked for at the time had it set up, any, any penny that got spent ever to a grant account, it comes across my desk for approval. So that's how I make sure we're following budget and procedures and everything, right? So of course I see it, realize what's happening, and I immediately emailed said project director and said, hey see what you did there. Um, no, I you know, <laughs> basically it ain't happening. This invoice... I'm not
1: smelling what
0: you're cooking. No, I said um, in other words, I said this invoice will sit on my desk till the end of time because oh. I refuse to sign it and here's why, okay? And I wasn't a jerk about it. I just explained we can't hmm. do that. Well, he shows up in my office, argues six ways to Sunday
1: about how it's his money. He gets to do what he wants. I'm raising my hand <laughs> to interject. No, sir, it is not your money. It is the money of the funding agency and if you violate <laughs> The terms of the grant agreement, you're misspending their money. It's not free money, not free money. Look
0: at you talking like you know what you are talking about. You'd
1: almost think I've been doing this for 20 you years.
0: So, mm. yeah, I, I run all those arguments by him, but he basically, he's made up his mind and it's not gonna happen. And of course, we're kind of at this impasse because, again, I'm not signing it. He's asking me to. I'm saying no. He can't make me. He's not my boss. True that. But also, I'm not... It's just this awkward dynamic going on, right? And also, let me say... I'm glad this didn't happen like super early in my career because sure. I'm sure eventually I would have been like, okay, fine, whatever. Some big guy is telling me
1: what I have to do. Yeah, not anymore. And there's a lot going on there. There's the you're he's not your boss, but he is someone's boss. And there's some gender stuff that goes on in the workplace too that we all know about, but – there, yes. There's a lot to unpack in this. So tell me what happened next.
0: Um, so ended up having to call in. Basically, we both reported to the same gentleman Okay. okay. Um, and called him in. And thankfully, he did. He sat and listened to both sides. And we, I'll, I'll give it up. We both were very respectful of one another. Let us each tell our sides of the story. And thankfully, he looked at me and said, she's right. She can't sign it. And you said, ah, no. Yes. <laughs> Although I will say that his next thing was, well, can I sign it though? I'm like, no, that's no different.
1: <laughs> that's no one,
0: not how this works. No one can sign. I said, we can pay for the work to be done. We just can't pay it out of the grant Absolutely. account. Absolutely. And we actually ended up, I brought in the finance director who understands how grants work as well. And he was like, she's right. Nobody, yes, we can pay this vendor because they have done this work for us. We just can't charge it to the grant Absolutely. account. So, Absolutely. So my biggest argument, well, besides the fact that it's wrong and illegal and all those other things, (laughs) I kept saying not only that, it was like $200,000, which, I mean, that's a nice size of money, right? But we got one, two, three, multiple million dollars every year. And I'm like, really, we're going to throw away the future of millions and millions of grant funds over
1: $200,000? And it wasn't, I mean, I guess the intention wasn't an awful thing. He's like, but wait, there's this money left over, but it's, was it's still not, transportation and it's on the same road
0: and why won't they let but us? But that's and- not
1: how yes. grants work. And that's a great example of how we can get into those kinds of situations at work where people who have tremendous expertise in other areas yes. and or problems listening to other people and respecting what they know, um, that's how these things can come about. So um, also, I think you made a note here that you don't look good in orange. And so that was another reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, I think an yeah. orange would be a lovely accent color for you. But, but you I don't not think. Not the jumpsuit. <laughs> not the jumpsuit. Not the coverall. Not, no, welcome. Yeah. No, no jail time. No jail, jail time. Because that's what can happen. If yeah. we don't speak up, whether it's a small family foundation or a super large multi million dollar multi year federal. Uh, grant opportunity for a huge construction project. If we are the content experts, we need to position ourselves in the workplace. Is that? Because it's not just a, look at me, I wrote a lot of money. It's like, no, look at me, I'm the content expert and I'm going to keep your butt out of jail. How does that grab you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And especially for us, we do know better. And so it's really one do. thing when things
0: like this come by you when you're early in your career and you don't understand how it mm-hmm. works, it's bad enough that it happens. But for it to happen when you know it's wrong, that to me just feels double. icky so you're right
1: and you were able to keep your cool get your facts get your contracts uh, phone a friend all (laughs) of these things to work with Mm -hmm. folks who were several pay grades higher than you to help them understand that what they were getting ready to do was illegal and so that is what i call educating up yes and it's a concept that i over the last i would say over the last 10 years has really come to the forefront for me because for a long time i just sort of went along to get along and same no one did anything illegal but i had to i never understood that that was a huge part of a grant developer grant writer grant manager's job especially if they're the only person in their organization that does this kind of work because there are a lot of rules and regs attached yeah. to
0: grants well and i've been hired by folks in the past before who've told me we're hiring you because you know what we're you're doing And we don't. So part of that is that expectation is not just that you're going to bring money in, but you're going to educate them about this is how it works. It's not all free money and fun and games. It's in an ideal
1: world, in an ideal
0: world. Yep. So anyway, so yeah, I was very glad that um, all that worked out because otherwise I was going to risk um, potentially another visit by the Office of the Inspector General. And um Um, that's
1: when folks show up with guns and uniforms (laughs) and badges and say, hey, we want to see your files. And they don't say, How are you feeling today? Let's talk about the inequities in the world. They're like, show us your business. Now, yes.
0: Although I don't think they show up with guns, because that would scare the bejesus out of me. But they're still scary when they show up and say, "I want to see all your files yeah, they right do. now." Yeah. So they could. But, um, if you want to learn more about uh, the Office of the Inspector General, I have survived that before, and so that's uh, another podcast. This episode, you can check that out if you want to learn more. Right. Right. Um, so it's no secret that I'm a rule follower, and that's something that has helped me become a successful grant writer, and even more so, a successful grant manager, because I've played by the funder rule. Right. So what about you, Kimberly? You big role follower too in the grant world. <laughs> Let me specify.
1: I know, I was gonna like I was like, well that's where we're a little different. <laughs> I will ninety percent of the time play by funder rules, particularly when it comes to grant applications. But what I've grown into and what we're talking about a lot on season two is sort of taking a step back and looking at the rules in general on the playing field in general on the philanthropic world. And no, I am no longer interested in only doing what I'm told I'm interested in. Let's change this so that it's better for everybody. But the short answer is when it comes to grant guidelines and spending grant money, Oh, yes, ma'am.
0: Well, and there's a big difference, too, between having conversations with funders about what works and what doesn't. Yes, and, and whether or not you will blatantly disregard no, the rules no, that they have set before no. you. So big
1: difference, right? So one of the things that came up for me, it was, was several years ago, I would say early to mid-career, mid-career. Uh, the executive director at the organization where I, uh, where I worked was, was super busy. Uh, out in the community doing what good executive directors do, which is build relationships, Mm -hmm. secure partners, perhaps even more funding. I was working on a grant and it was maybe a quarter of a million dollars and We passed the first screening the proposal was in. We were accepted. But a part of the process was a site visit as a part of the process. And so I was going to the executive director's assistant and the executive director who were both in the same room saying, okay, they want to come two weeks from today at this time. And he just said, I don't have time. Well, that's not all he said. But he said, I don't (laughs) have time for this. I don't have time for this. And... I had to have, and there were like two layers or more like what you were talking Mm -hmm. about. There were a couple of layers of managerial layers separating us. And I had to stand there in that room and say, you need to be there. If you're not there, we're not going to get this grant. There's no way around it. This is what they're asking for.
0: And that's not awkward to tell like your boss's boss's boss that... You gotta to listen to what I'm saying. I must right? say, in the
1: heat of the moment, though, I was kind of like, "Okay, my dude." Although I didn't say that, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, my dude. You don't show up, and we don't get the grant. Then, then nobody's coming to me." Yeah. But th- it came out more as a look. They're making the rules. These are the rules we have to follow. If you, if we don't want to pursue this application any further, that's okay. Yeah. And I'm, I can contact them and let them know. But it isn't me saying you need to be there. Let me, let me. Monopolize your time It was me going This is what they want so I do I call that a lot when I'm training people now it's the you have to be this tall to ride this ride Mm -hmm. it's like if you're going to Six Flags or wherever it is you're going you'll see the little signs I'm sure they have them at Disney World although I have to say I've avoided Disney World like the plague (laughs) don't at me everybody's different but as as an introverted person I can think of few social occasions that are worse than cramming into a park with people and everybody's all hot and tired and they're in a line and food's expensive and people are (laughs) crying and there's rampaging in the streets. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amanda. Well, I'll just
0: say I am a huge extrovert and Disney is also the last Lord. place you will ever find me. So I'm, I'm right there with but you. Wherever but wherever you go, there, yes, there, are, there are stipulations are rules,
1: right? about riding rides and they're not kidding. In that case, it's for safety. In this case, it's because that's what they want to see. And this is not an equitable partnership all the time. And if you want that money, that's what you have to do. So yeah. be okay with it or be okay backing away so that's another version of what i would call educating up Mm -hmm. in that moment i had to say this is what it takes to get this grant are you there or not but this is what it takes and you're right and an executive
0: director especially a good one is definitely going to be busy but if you weigh an hour of his or
1: her time against a quarter of a million dollars I'd say that, and it could worked be worth out. It, right? And it worked out. And who knows? Maybe he was just having a bad day. But it was just like that's not that's not, that's a non-negotiable. I've I've had to also argue for including um, program setbacks and grant reports. Not the same situation I just described mm-hmm. earlier. But if you are reporting on a grant, not only is it important to say, "Hey, we spent the money this way," but it's also important to talk about outcomes. And if you're asked about program uh, successes and challenges it behooves you to, to, to answer honestly. Yeah. And again, if there's a mistake, it's like this thing happened here. Were, here were our immediate responses. Here's our plan for the future. Here we are. Yes. And though sometimes, and that's happened two or three times over the years. And sometimes I've had to say, all right, then I'm not the one writing this grant report. I'm not sending it in because if I can't, Feel good about what the outcomes are, how the money was expended, and the way we talk about it, then I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've um, over the years have had several people at state agencies in some of my classes because you know, while sometimes state agencies give grants, they also receive them as well, right? So they'll come for training. Um, And anytime I talk about, you know, when it comes to reporting that honesty is always going to be the best policy, a lot of them will pipe up and say, as a grant funder, we could not agree with that more because we know you're being honest and and they're like, we know nothing in this world goes perfectly. So we expect that. And And they use have seen it they may have some advice for you and you know because and if you don't if you aren't honest chances are things even if you lie at some point you've got to come and report final numbers and chances are if things are going wrong you're not going to get to where you were supposed to be so So ultimately you're going to have to tell them anyway or do you
1: just lie and lie even more uh, (laughs) and that is how you end up with that unflattering orange jumpsuit Yeah, absolutely or out of a job or if you've worked in the same uh, city for a long time in nonprofit, people talk. Oh, well, they people do. Talk. People talk. Well, heck, talk. there is
0: a huge university right now that it came out that they had grant funding and lied about research, and they had to pay back millions of dollars. And they're a very, a very well-respected university. But now In the I, Atlanta
1: area. No not, no, not this one. I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, there's another one. Yes. Gosh, there's so many. We're probably going to need to do an episode about straight from the headlines where we talk about the fool things people do in spending grand money because there's you know, plenty of fodder sadly it's, it's entertaining in a sad way but i also want to um just hold up again sometimes you know i was uh, joking a little bit about the six flags of georgia but if you have some phrases that you can fall back on because it's not like you're going to be able to go. Welcome to my TED talk about this grant, <laughs> and you're, you know, and with your little your little orchestrated PowerPoint and 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 music and your little customer service microphone thing in your ear. Having ideas about things that might come up, it's like this is what the funder wants. Without it, we can't move forward. Or if we don't address this now, it's only going to compound. And we have a we have a chance to turn the grant around if we're midpoint and something's going wrong yeah we can say oh something's going wrong or yes i I know you found that item
0: super cheap made in china but the federal government says it has to be made in the good old us of a so we can't buy that okay yes there's lots of it's it's crazy the things that happen in the grant world so um but knowing the rules and regulations of your funder and to be able to say this is a priority okay
1: and blaming the funder is an okay thing to do in those situations because it is true. Yeah. I'm sure Amanda does didn't have strong feelings about whether or not that equipment came from China, Cambodia, Canada, Cartersville, whatever. Whatever. Yes. whatever.
0: Yeah. So um, blaming the funder, like Kimberly said, is an effective tool. Um, But there's some other things you can point to as well. A lot of um, grant and Mm -hmm. fundraising related organizations have a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So we're talking about like the Grant Professionals Association, um, the National Grant Management Association, or even the Association of Fundraising Professionals. They all have a code of ethics that deals with, you know, when you're dealing with other people's Mm -hmm. money, especially Mm -hmm. what you can Mm -hmm. and can't do. So that may be something too. It's no, so it's not just, yes, the funder says it, but this is an accepted practice practice worldwide when it
1: comes to our profession. Um, it's kind of like our version of generally accepted accounting practices. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say, Usually when there are issues around either spending the money or outcomes or anything like that, it's generally not from the finance folks because there's a little bit, we're a little bit more simpatico in terms of understanding. They're followers too. Oh my Lord, yes. <laughs> yes, they are going to be following some rules. Mm-hmm. And so that has n- the, the more uncomfortable discussions and moments of educating up have rarely Originated in finance, although it I have happen. had some finance folks. They come out from the other end. They're like, "Well, we can't release the required documentation on finance that you have to have because it hasn't been approved yet by the board. And if that board approval doesn't come till after the deadline, I've been told, well, you're just going to have to turn it in without it. And I say, <laughs> "Hey, guess what? I can't because if this is an online portal, and if you don't upload an attachment, it won't go through. So." What are some alternatives because I'm going to have to have something or you can't project that we're going to have that revenue from this funder if we can't even pass the you got to be this tall to ride this ride. So I have had those discussions, but they're usually not as they're usually a little more straightforward. Yeah. And it's more like, I'm like, let's put a watermark that says draft or whatever. Uh-huh.
0: Well, and I'll say something else. I'm um, going back to the code of ethics idea. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of consultants now that when they have new clients, before they will even send them a contract um, or to kind of start talking about the nitty gritty of how they're going to work with them, they'll send them just so you know, here is my code of ethics that I abide by. Oh. Um, so that way, when later questions come up, they can be like, hey, remember that form I gave you that code <laughs> ethics this is why we can't do that like so kind of making hey, them aware from the outset
1: can't use that grant to buy a wet bar and a petting zoo pony okay sorry yeah. wouldn't that happen. be lovely so it's true governing associations even if they're voluntary can take some weight off of your shoulders when you're educating up and also amanda and i are big readers we love to read fiction and non-fiction but we also read the heck out of grant agreements and memorandums <laughs> of understanding And um, RFPs, requests for proposals, official funding announcements, all of those things so that we become content experts at our organization. So then whether or not you are a here to an executive director or a program director, you can be viewed as the content expert on that, so that people will come to you because that's yeah. the best scenario. Well, and I
0: wish I will I, I knew better some of the ins and outs of things. Like for instance, you know, the Office of Management and Budget they set forth the federal regulations when it comes to any federal dollars, right? And so the latest guidance came out in 2015. The super circular, mm-hmm. super circular, uniform guidance, whatever you want to call it, but you know, it really lays out so many the standard rules and regulations and what you can and can't spend money on. And I wish I had thought earlier in my career. So when someone would say, well, hey, why can't we just get a grant to build a new city hall? Well, why I didn't think to go, hey, let me read this section of federal code that says you can't (laughs) usually spend federal money on general government things but instead i was just like well you just can't there's no money for that and that's you know and they're like well she just doesn't know everything so it's but one but we thing, do yes, we do know everything we I'm do. just kidding but, no well, i'm not
1: kidding well, yeah, i'm kind of kidding we know Whatever. a bit
0: yeah that's yeah. why you, and that's why you hired us right mm. um, but i wish i had known better to think like hey not only do i know you can't here's how i know it's found right here in this federal regulation which sounds so much stronger than me just
1: going 200.4 bloody yes.
0: blah <laughs> i'm not that good
1: um, although there were people there that that's okay that. but you know you can look it up and exactly. make a copy or scan it it's all good exactly so those kinds of like documentation will back you up as we talked about and also just outside research from respected organizations can also help you educate up i've done a lot of this over the years and i still do it when i train about grant writing and people are still surprised that the largest sector of fundraising support isn't from grants um this doesn't In Amanda's world, city, county, government, government agencies is a different story, but in the the nonprofit world, and that's that's an average. So obviously your mileage is going to vary. But when I point this out, people just sort of look at me and it's not from the kimberly hayes de institute of knowing all although i'm thinking <laughs> of trademarking that, that. but um that that stat and that concept comes from giving usa and that's a collaboration with the Lilly school of philanthropy at indiana university giving usa you can check them out online they update giving trends and benchmarks every june they have pie charts and because we can't record a podcast episode without Pi, right? I just had to bring that up. Mm, Pi. And now we're channeling our <laughs> inner
0: Cartman from South Park. Okay, back on track. Um, Another thing to consider as a grants administrator is to work with your finance department. Okay, we've kind of mentioned them before that they are similar rule followers, right? Mm. Um, But they already have a whole host of policies and procedures, things like procurement and travel and things like that, okay, and how to use your company credit card. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. those are good policies to fall back on. So sometimes it's not just that the funder says that, but your own organization has a rule about that.
1: Oh, and that's right. Your own organization can be more restrictive than federal. Federal protocols, yes. just not
0: less. So that's exactly. another thing, yeah. Yep. yeah. And not only that, yeah. you could create your own grant administration or grant management policy. Ooh, policy, I know policies are so exciting. Oh no, okay, they're not. not but really. okay, no. Yeah, but the thing about it is you can set forth some of the processes both for approving invoices Mm -hmm. you know so maybe that's like my example uh, how I was able to stop that incorrect spending is because I am one of the approval steps for all grant funding and so maybe there needs to be something similar um, within your organization Um, other policies talk about you know how grants even get approved to begin with do you have to take it before your board or can you just willy nilly apply and hope things work out and everybody Everybody's on board, oh, you know, that, but no. you can no. just talk about all the grant rules and regulations that need to be followed. So again, it's not, oh, it's Amanda saying this. No, it is our organization's grant policy that we have to do this. And I know some people hate policies and procedures and that's not going to be helpful, but there are a lot of people that at least respect that. Okay. That's a, that's our respect. My authority. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's so Cartman hard. day. Um, oh. So in other words, yeah, it's it's not me saying these things. It's the rules, people. Um, yeah.
1: And in case you're like me and you're like, oh, rules, I have no time for you, make time for it in the grants world because it can really help you rein in some other folks' tendencies in your organization to perhaps unknowingly do something illegal. Absolutely. Misappropriate funds. Commit yeah. fraud, even if they didn't mean to, just because this is a very specialized way of spending money. And Mm -hmm. if you don't come at it from a restricted grants uh, accounting or program or grant writing background, you're not going to understand. Yeah.
0: Ultimately, I think the whole idea of educating up is just to make sure that everyone, from bosses to boards to colleagues, that they understand what grants can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just like you, as an individual, cannot be all things to all people. Grants cannot fix all problems for all organizations. Okay. True that. So the more that you work um, to understand that, number one, there are limitations and rules with grants mm-hmm. and two that you really do know what you're talking about as a grants administrator. Um, I think those two things are going to help you to, to do better. And I, again, reminding people that, Hey, this is the whole reason you hired me for this. So kind of let me do my job. Cause I'm, you know, I always try to remind people I'm here to make sure that we can bring in as much money as possible to do the greatest good. Yes. And I want us to keep doing that. Yes. So,
1: so we've, spent this episode sharing stories and insights, also talking about pie and doing very bad impressions of cartoon <laughs> characters. So I'd like to wrap up with a few to do's that might help you educate up within your organizations. And one is take every opportunity to educate your boss board and colleagues about what grants can and cannot do. And I'm a big old introvert. And I have found ways to do this. It can be emails, you can share charts, you can have one on one conversations, you could participate in some sort of in service you could have monthly grant check-in meetings i'd even you know i had to present every grant proposal to council
0: and oh, sometimes wow. that was there'd be opportunities within that you know five or six minutes i had to kind of give them a little bit of background about things about what we could and okay. couldn't do and so yeah there's
1: there ways you, you sometimes make those opportunities but and another opportunity could be bringing your boss to a grant conference or workshop where he or she can hear what it is you're doing and hear all about it or maybe you could listen to a webinar together or maybe an outstanding grant related podcast
0: (coughs) fundraising heyday (coughs) Amanda
1: do you need some water I, I do okay Then you can talk about what you've learned. I've actually seen that in action in some of the grant writing classes and grant management classes that I've taught.
0: I love nothing more when I do introductions and someone tells me they're the mayor of their town or a board member of this organization. And I'm just i like, I want to hug you and just say how lucky your employees are that you're so engaged enough to want to learn more about this process. True
1: that. Also, when you're putting together a grant proposal – you really it's all hands you need finance uh, finance folks project directors and other key leaders who are going to be involved in this grant to come together and build a proposal that makes sense follows the rules of the proposal and has uh, a realistic chance of success based on everyone's expertise and experience
0: well because and then they're they're more likely to have buy-in and they understand oh yeah that is that is what we said we'd do in that application so no wonder you're (laughs) wanting us to actually do it on the back end so yeah that process can really help bring a team together
1: and another place that that kind of team work comes in is actually after you've gotten the grant and you're actually managing it sometimes they're different people yes that are need to be a part of the team but everybody needs to come in so that you don't have the amanda hey Let's just spend this $200,000 over here. and No one's looking. You don't ever <laughs> want to be in that kind of situation. And if everyone understands how it works, then once the money rolls in, you're all able to implement it and do that good thing yes. and stay out of jail. Yeah,
0: which ultimately, that's what it's all about. We want to educate <laughs> up. So that we're not the only one constantly going, stop, don't do that. Like, it's so much easier when everybody knows what they can or can't do. Everything goes faster, the good gets
1: done faster. It
0: does. And I'm for one of the things I learned too rather than to be a constant naysayer, which then, you know, because you don't want people to be like, oh don't like working with her she never lets me do what we're supposed to do i'm always telling people where do you want to end Mm -hmm. because there's probably a legal and possible way to get (laughs) us there right we hope so yes and so that ultimately rather than just constantly saying no i'm always saying what are we trying to do here Mm -hmm. and and, because there may be the right way so let's let's have some conversations and that's an
1: education up kind of process as well so educating up it's not just for grants anymore no it's not Thank
0: you again to our Season 2 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, www.dhleonardconsulting.com, to learn more.
1: Remember, my friends, there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn, and we would flat out love, L-U-V love, for this (laughs) podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn.
0: Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including our next episode in which we learn how to get twice as much done in half the time, thanks to an interview with Diane Leonard. Diane is a scrum master and understands the art of being agile in nonprofits. See you then. Woo, can't wait.